I got to ask a question. Anybody here, adults, anybody here ever been a Pathfinder? Raise your hands if you've ever been a Pathfinder. Yes, praise God. Raise it high. I was a Pathfinder, and I'm still a Pathfinder, and I have great memories as a Pathfinder. As a matter of fact, when I was thinking about what to share this morning, um, I thought about James chapter 1, and James chapter 1 is a bit of a scary part of the Bible, and I hope you can go there with me. It's scary because it really requires us, it gets us to a place where we really have to test our faith. So let's just read James chapter 1 just briefly here, chapter 1 and verse 12, uh, verse 2, and we're going to read a few verses there so we can just ground ourselves in the message of where we're going to be today as we spend time with God. And Pathfinders, I hope you have your Bibles as well, or I hope you're listening as the Bible is read. James chapter 1, verse 2, uh, here James speaking, the half-brother of Jesus, he's telling us, my brothers... And sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That's the last thing I do, but he's saying to do it. He says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Something that I don't have, but he says it tests my it produces patience. Great, give me more patience. Then he says in verse um, 4, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Well, that's, that's truly the Christian walk. I've been a Pathfinder for many, many, many years now. And uh, I, I was a Pathfinder in Florida. I grew up in Kissimmee. And we would go camping every, it felt like every other weekend. I was never at church. Actually, I got to know Jesus, not in the sanctuary, but outside in God's second book in nature. And so one of the places that we like to go, that the conference would, would organize for us to have a camp out would be in the Everglades. And as you pass in the, if you've ever been to the Everglades, you, you wonder to yourself, can you even go camping in the Everglades? <laughs> I know what you're saying, no. <laughs> Little chickens. <laughs> Just kidding. No, it's a bad place to camp. Have you ever seen a, a gator, an alligator? In Florida, you have lakes all over the place, and you see these little heads pop up. It's alligators. And they would come right behind your house. The Everglades are full of alligators and snakes. Actually, a few years back, they were having problems with anacondas in the Everglades. So anyway, so they took a bunch of kids to the Everglades when I was growing up. And so uh, I was fortunately part of the, um, the, the team of, of high schoolers that were able to put together this survival trip to the Everglades. And it had rained quite a bit, and so everything was full. So our leader, um, our leader thought, well, you know, it's going to be really wet, so let's go ahead and plan as the, as the staff, the organizational team, let's go down there earlier on Thursday night, let's camp out, and then get ready for the rest of the clubs that are coming down. And so what we did is that we parked the car in a little area there. Obviously, the Everglades is a national park. It's a preserve. And so we parked our car in a little parking spot, and, and so... I had all my gear. I mean, I, I love Pathfinders. I love camping. That's my thing. And so I had all my, my stuff on. I had my boots and my camouflage and all that good stuff. I was ready for it. So we parked the car. We went to the trailhead, and the trailhead was full of water. And so the first, first thought in my mind was, well, we're going to have to cancel. So the director's like, no, we're not going to cancel. We're going to go right ahead and go through. He was, he was a leader. He had been there way before us. And so he knew what it looked like. He knew there was a little bit of dry ground. And so... Um, it was a group of 15 of us that organized this trip. And so we went in to make sure that we can find a nice place for the rest of the clubs coming in. And so we went to the trailhead, and we started walking. And I remember I, I started to try to walk around the puddles. 
and then eventually the puddle became so big that I thought, well, maybe I can wet my shoes a little bit. Maybe they won't get too wet. So I, I went through the puddles, and my shoes got wet. Oh, man. All right. And so I, I, I remember lifting my pants up, okay, and, and still getting wet. Then the puddles got bigger and bigger and, and, and deeper, and I, I remember walking with all my pack, and I was down above my knees. And by that time, I thought, oh, who cares? I just walked. So we went to the area that we were supposed to go to. It was a nice dry area. Uh, I found a little place for me. I had a little hammock. I, I set up my hammock in the n- nicest, driest place where there was no mosquitoes. Good luck. Okay? And I was ready to go. Then Joe told us, our director, okay, guys, I want Manny, you, and you, and you. I want you guys to go back to the, to the trailhead, to the parking, and go wait for the club to come in. I want you to be there when they come in and let them know what direction to go. We thought, great, let's go. So as we went back, um, you know, through all the mud and craziness, and the puddles were still nice and clear, um, we went to the trailhead, and there we waited for the clubs to come. Now, the Everglades is in South Florida, not too far from Miami. And, of course, we had clubs from all over the state coming, Central Florida, North Florida, the, the South Florida area, the Miami clubs. We had clubs that were all decked out. And you should see when these guys got off of their cars and they got out of their vans, they took out their coolers, they had their brand new Air Jordans on, I don't know where, I, where they thought they were going. And so they had all this stuff on, some were ready to go, I mean they had their, their, their camouflage on and, and all their perfect hiking boots, they were good to go. But some clubs, and, and we were just sitting back in shock, and I was telling my friends, do they know where they're going? And we're here muddy and wet, and I, I wasn't going to bother changing. We were going to get wet again. And so you see these clubs coming out, and they had their coolers full of ice and water and veggie meats and all this crazy stuff. And so they came to us, and we greeted them, and we told them, okay, you guys need to go that way. And so I remember, I remember a director looking at me and saying, that way? I said, yes, that way. There was this awkward Sad silence. And the, the lady's like, okay. So the kids went with the cooler. And they tried going around the first puddle. Slow down. I'm going to get wet. Went around the, the puddle. And eventually they couldn't go around any puddles at all. 200 kids later, that puddle wasn't clear anymore. It was thick mud. Thick mud. And all these beautiful sneakers and tennis shoes were now just caked with Everglades filth. It was an awesome weekend. It was amazing. I loved it. It actually reminds me of James chapter 1, and this is why I want to share this with you. My brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You know, God invites us all into a journey, Pathfinders. We are all in a great journey. You know, I'm hitting 40. Next, actually, in December, I turned 40. Four, zero. I never thought I'd be there. That's like the hill. Is that the hill? I think that's the hill. I feel like that's the hill. I never thought I'd be. I, I used to be a kid, like, my whole life. And, and I thought, well, you know, what's going to happen when I go to college? What's going to happen when I go to high school? What, oh, am I going to meet the right girl? And, and, and when I met the, the girl, then I, 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 we had, oh, are we going to have kids? And, and I wonder, what's the journey going to be like? And I know all of us adults here, we know the journey. We know where we've come from. And it's been tough. But the Bible says God calls us to enter into a very difficult journey. 
But my first point to you today is what are you bringing on this journey? Hmm? What are you bringing on this journey? You know, the devil loves to load us with all these burdens and all these things that get in the way of what God truly wants us to do. God wants us to travel light, but the devil wants us to be just filled and heavy and burdened with stuff. So when we look at James chapter 1, and James chapter 1 tells us that we will fall into various trials, the last thing I want to enter the woods with, trials with, is a bunch of burdened stuff. But you're probably wondering, so Pastor Manny, what do we take with us then? Or what don't we take? What do we not take? Well, I think we need to leave behind those things that test our faith or destroy our faith. Testing is good. Destroying is a different story. What destroys your faith? What kind of people are you hanging around with? What kind of influences are you taking as yours? It was funny because along the trail, they opened the cooler because they were thirsty, and they took out a Coca-Cola. A Coca-Cola. I used to work at Arby's, and we used to use the soda water to clean the, the, the heavy oil off of the floor next to the fryer, and it took it right off. Coca-Cola. I mean, it tastes great, but still, they brought a Coca-Cola to a survival trip. That would definitely test your faith. If you're going around, around life, drinking and, and eating and doing the stuff that just puts a burden on you. Yes. And, you know, James says something really crazy, though. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So, you know, what James is saying is that, good, I want you to be heavy. I want you to take that Coca-Cola and figure out, oh, my goodness, this is unhealthy for me. I want you to know that you're hanging out with the wrong people and feel what it is to be unhappy. Because I want you to compare between what Jesus has to offer and what others who shouldn't be your friends have to offer. You're going to be walking through some serious mud. First point, what stuff are you carrying on top of you? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, I want, I want, I want to share with you the second point because all of you know what your burdens are. You know what's weighing you down, whether it's a bad influence of a friend or whether it's the, the, the stuff that you watch on TV or the way that you look at other people. It could be. You could be a jealous, crazy person. Everything you see of somebody else you want, you do that coveting thing that the Ten Commandments says, don't do. James says, man, let go of that stuff. You, you can't afford to have that. Why? Point number two, because your faith will be all those pathfinders in the Everglades, they were trained to go to the Everglades. They knew what their experience was going to be all about. Uh, they were tested. They were trained. Like you and I, we read the Bible constantly. We go to Bible study. We go to prayer meeting. We spend time in the quarterly every week. Right? And then when it comes to the point where we're really being tested, how strong are we? I love how James says this. You know, James doesn't say you're going to be able to chill and get away from it all. He says the testing of your faith, our faith will be tested. Probably wonder, well, okay, Pastor Manny, can you explain what that faith is? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The substance 
of things hoped for. I want us to focus on the substance of things hoped for right about now. What is the substance of the, our hope? What is it? It's like, it's November, Christmas is coming. I know I'm going to get that incredible gift. And that gift has a substance of whatever it is, happiness, or, or you get to have fun. I don't know what it is. You get to go camp, whatever it is, right? It's a substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But sometimes we think Christianity is so cheap, and we cheapen the substance. All of us want to go to heaven, but are we really living like we want to be in heaven? Substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the Bible tells us in, in James that that very substance will be tested. Most of us, all of us today know that Jesus Christ died for us. But what does that really mean? Are we really living a saved life? Are we really living a life where everything that we do, all the decisions that we make, all the people that we encountered know that we are saved? And not only saved because we're scared not to go to heaven, but we are saved because we will be reunited with our Lord and Savior. Are we living that? Does our, do our actions in our life reflect that reality? Our faith will be t- tested. The substance of our faith must be, must be the person and life and lifestyle of Jesus Christ. The problem is this. Some of us think that our faith are things, actions, possessions. And I love the Sabbath school today with, with Elvis. Uh, some of us think that our faith is simply being called a Seventh-day Adventist comparing other people and coming to the conclusion, oh, they must not be saved because they're not Seventh-day Adventists. Or they don't do the things that Seventh-day Adventists do. Look at the music they listen to. Look, look, what the, look what they're wearing. Look at the people they're hanging out with. Mercy. We think that the substance of our faith are these incredibly shallow behaviors. Oh, he's coming to church and he's not wearing a tie. Oh, you're not paying all your time. Oh, you're not paying 10%. You're paying 9.5%. Do you think that Jesus really thinks that's the reason we're saved? The substance of our faith is the fact that we walk on a daily basis with Jesus Christ himself. I don't know how else to put it. Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'll tell you what. What are you hoping for? I'm hoping to be in the kingdom of God, to be next to Jesus Christ. I'm hoping to take my sons and my wife with me. I'm hoping that we can spend time together. That's all heaven is, time together with God. It's too simple. It's just, if, if it's too simple for you and you don't like it, well, I'm sure there's a, a workspace religion out there you can find. Otherwise, take off the baggage. Put down that cooler. If the shoes are in the way, go barefoot. If your suit that you wear to church is, is between you and God, don't come to church in a suit. If you're a lady and the dress is your God, come to church in pants. That's right. I said it. I hope it's being recorded. (laughs) Your faith isn't on the things that we do or look like or appearance. Our faith is simply the likeness to Jesus Christ himself. And he was a pretty hairy guy and he wore dresses. (laughs) That's our faith. Second point. My time is almost gone. Third point. James comes back to us and he says in verse 5, verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Of course, this is the outcome of trials. 
Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. Again, verse 4, I want to focus on this just for the next few minutes. But let patience have its perfect work. Patience is a result of all the crazy trials that we go through. Patience happened when those clubs were going through that mud for nearly a mile. And they had to get to the point where they said, I don't care about the mud anymore. I just want to get to the end and go camping and spend time with other friends. That's it. I experienced it myself. Oh, I hate this mud. This mud is coming up my legs. It's rubbing against me. Oh, this is nasty. Oh, there's got to be a snake in there somewhere. Ew. Oh, I hear that there's leeches in the Everglades. And they get on your skin and go... They suck your blood, and they're so gross and nasty. Ew, I don't want to do this. I hate the journey. I hate the journey. But Jesus says, don't sweat the journey. Look at the destination. Let faith have, have its perfect work. You know, um, the word perfect is a bit of a confusing word for all of us. Let me tell you why. We feel that we have to be perfect in the end result of the word. The finality of it. As a matter of fact, the concept of perfection in the Bible is a process. If you look at the original language here in James, in the Greek, the concept of perfection is a bringing to an end, a completion. The focus is a bringing to an end. Perfection, actually another word for perfection in the Greek is maturing. A maturing of our faith. And I, I know adults, you can resonate with me. As in my 39 years of life, I've, my faith, through all the crazy stuff that I've been through, is maturing. I'm not there yet, by no means. But my faith is maturing. It's growing. That's why we have pathfinders. That's why we have adventurers. That's why we have youth ministry and, and ministry to young adults. That's why we are here. That's why we have Adventist Christian education downstairs. That is the most powerful thing we have. Thank you, teachers. That's why we have that. Perfecting of our faith. But the question is, while all this crazy stuff is happening so I can perfect my faith, who are my eyes fixed upon? And I hope it's not me because I'm imperfect. I hope it's not on your Pathfinder leader because he's not perfect. I hope it's not on your Pathfinder uh, instructors because they're not perfect either. I hope it's not on your elders that are awesome. I love the elders here, but they're not perfect. Who are our eyes fixed? Can I finish with a story? This really neat lady by the name of Ellen White had a dream. And she had a dream that she saw a road. I know you've probably read this before, but I want to read it to you. She had a, a dream that there was a road that people were traveling. And the road, she says, that road that they were traveling on was steep. And on one side was a big drop-off, and on the other side was a high, white wall. The road got narrower and narrower, narrower, so they had to leave their wagons because there was not enough room for them. Some of the people tied their luggage on the horses and rode the horses. The, but, but as they did that, the path got, kept getting narrower and narrower. So the people were all crowded near the wall. When their luggage hit the wall, they would sway towards the edge. They were afraid that they would fall off the edge, so they cut the luggage from the horses, and it fell to the side. When the road became so narrow that they were afraid they would lose their balance, they got off the horses. 
Finally, they left their horses behind and followed each other, walking in each other's footsteps. Just then, small white robes came down and the wall uh, uh, came down and the wall and they grabbed them to keep their balance on the ropes. The ropes moved off their shoes, rather, the ropes moved as they moved. Finally, the path became so narrow that they had to take off their shoes and stockings. Even then, it was difficult to stay on the narrow and dangerous path. Many people who were not used to such hard traveling had already stopped climbing. But the people who were used to these things, these, this hard travel, kept traveling and wanted to reach the end of the road. You see, because the road became so narrow, they could not walk on it. They had to hold on tight to the ropes. And they were saying, we have to hold on from above. We have to hold on from above. Each person said these words to the next person on the path. And suddenly, the people on the path heard all kinds of noses from the, below the cliff. They heard naughty words, bad music, loud laughing, and also loud crying. The people holding onto the ropes on the wall were more determined than ever to keep going up the narrow path. The ropes got bigger and stronger. And in this dream, Ellen saw that the wall was covered in blood. It made her sad to see the beautiful wall stained with blood. Then she realized that when people came up the path and saw the stains, they would know that others had been there before them. And even though they suffered a lot of pain, they had kept on going up the path. This would encourage them to keep on going also. Now the people came to a cliff below them, and the path ended. There, weren't, there wasn't anywhere to put their feet. They must trust the ropes, which had become very thick. And some of the people wondered, they wondered where the rope came and what was holding them. Then in her dream, Ellen looked across the other side from the cliff and saw a beautiful field of green grass about six inches high. She could not see the sun, but bright beams of light like fine gold and silver rested on the field. It was more beautiful than anything she had ever seen on earth. But would they reach the field? What if the rope broke? Again, the people whispered the words, what holds the rope? Then someone said, our only hope is to trust in Jesus. The ropes have held us safely all this way. Hold on to Jesus. And she saw at the end a light, and it led to Jesus. And as long as they were focusing on the light, no matter what happened on the path, they would be safe. This is the path, the walk of a Christian. This is why James so lovingly tells us, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Enjoy the test. Enjoy the path, pathfinders, all of you. Enjoy the journey to the kingdom of heaven. Don't let anything get in the way of your journey. Don't let fame, don't let money, don't let your feelings, don't let your friends, don't let your family, don't let anything get in the path of heaven. Jesus is there waiting for you. And he's obvious. He can be seen. You just have to open his word and trust him in faith. God bless you, Pathfinders. And let's continue to walk together in the path to heaven. God bless.